Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. We've been releasing episodes of the American Glutton podcast on Mondays and Wednesdays, and I have decided, quite arbitrarily, that I prefer Thursdays to Wednesdays. So beginning in August, our episodes will be available for download on Mondays and Thursdays. Please rate and review and subscribe to American Glutton Podcast. Thank you. Today on American Glutton, we welcome back John Cloud. Or, as some of you may know him, obese to beast. I feel like a heavy metal singer. Too much. <laughs> Shit. Okay, we can throw all of that away. This is the one. Watch this. Today on American Glutton, we welcome back John Gloud. Or, as some of you may know him, obese to beast. I cannot wait to continue our conversation from a few months ago. John is a true inspiration to so many. You can find him on Instagram at obese to beast. John Gloud, welcome back to American Glutton. It is an honor to be a two-time guest. I feel like... uh... I don't know. I feel very special. It's you guys a, had the red carpet out when I walked in. It was very nice. Yeah, paparazzi. <laughs> yeah, people crazy. were throwing rice and confetti. It was yeah. like a. I was, is it this was, a marriage? It was. It, it was cooked rice. It was kind of strange. Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> we are fast on our way to becoming the next iteration of the Corys. Yeah, you and me, which is fun. Yeah, no, I like it. It was. Uh, so me and my brother have a podcast, right? And we had you come on. And when I asked you, I was fully 100% like, okay, we'll just do a Zoom call. I don't want to make him drive because I live in San Diego, right? So it's like a two-hour drive. And I was like, I don't want to make him drive all the way down. And you you, you almost made me let you drive down. <laughs> you were like, yeah, I'm dude. going to – I'm going to be there in person. I was like, are you sure we could just do a Zoom call? And you're like, I'm going to be there in person. So. There's a few reasons. And one is 
I don't really know how to do Zoom. <laughs> I have done Zoom because my kids use Zoom for school. Every mm-hmm. time I try to use Zoom, like somebody sends me an email and they're just like, click on this link and you're doing Zoom. I click on the link and then it says like, I'm Grace Suplee. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this feels weird like because they're recording this call and so I'm just appearing on this thing as Grace Suplee. That feels odd to me. Also, like, if I can tell my wife and kids, like, no, I have to go do something. Like, this is a thing I have to – I said yeah. I'd do a show. I'm going to go do it. And that's, like, a few hours of my day. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else to do yeah. during quarantine. It's you know, true. It's great. No, yeah, it was great. It was it was really nice having you come into the our little studio. It's nothing like this, but it was a good one. People really liked the episodes. Yeah. Stuff, so. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, the last time you were here, I feel like we just didn't get to discuss everything – we could have discussed. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. And I also think you're more on the pulse of, and I don't even know the words to use for it, but like the the different kind of sides of weight loss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you understand that more or people are bringing it to you more. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't know if that's because you've been kind of a public figure in this realm for a while or certainly longer than I have. Mm-hmm. But I see you bringing it up, and I'm like, oh, that's a that's a thing I never even thought of, you, you know. And and this could sound weird to people, and I think that if anybody's have like, I don't want to introduce something to someone that is uh, a new point of view that's completely un- irrelevant to them. So if somebody's like not dealing with this at all, then please. Disregard this podcast. Or not the whole thing, but (laughs) skip forward through this or listen to it because I find it interesting. I think all these points of view are fascinating, but I often see you like saying like, hey, that's not what I was saying. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. There's, um, there's so, so with weight loss and this is how it's always been, right? There's always so many different ways to do it. And You'll notice, and I'm sure you've already noticed, people in the space, uh, they make their brand around a certain way. And then they become very, not everyone, but some people become very like reactionary and they attack any other way that might work, right? So for me, I don't do keto, but I don't sit there and like attack keto all the time. And there are people that do that. But then there are also people that do keto that will attack other diets. But then going even further... There's a, we kind of talked about a little bit on the podcast we were on before, uh, but like with the health at every size movement. So there is, um, there are a lot of like dietitians that are out there that are very anti-diet, which sounds a little bit weird if you're a dietitian, but they're very against, you know, basically counting your calories in any capacity or tracking your anything, basically tracking your intake in any way. They're, they're pretty against that. And then there's dietitians that are obviously for that. And so it's like, there, there are so many different ways to diet and lose weight and then even if you're not trying to lose weight to just improve your health through your nutrition i want to understand one thing because i'm i'm a little bit lost so okay a dietitian is this a bizarre word to affix to somebody that says don't track anything mm-hmm. are they prescribing a way of eating in order to get a result whether it be health or weight loss yeah so there's there's the difference between a dietitian and like a nutritionist i forget exactly what entails both of them but one of them is much harder to do than the other one okay. right i don't exactly remember which one i think nutritionist is the one that you have to go to more school for i could be wrong it could be flipped i honestly i'm, I'm not either of them sure <laughs> um so the people that are like the anti diet dietitians uh they usually will not prescribe, but they will 
give the person advice in as far as intuitive eating. So okay. what intuitive eating is, is basically it's eating in a way that your body is happy and you're healthy and you don't need to track anything, which in a utopian world, that would be perfect. And I think that that's what I, that's what I do right now, right? So I don't track anything. I don't, I haven't had to track anything in four years, but I, the difference between me and someone that is like prescribing this for everyone is that I understand it's really hard to get to where I'm at. Right. And so I understand that tracking macros, which is your carbs, fats, and protein, uh, that might help someone to get to a point where maybe they can be intuitive, right? Because they're like, oh my gosh, chicken breast is protein. I thought it was fat. Like that might sound silly, but if you have zero knowledge, like when we both started, you don't know, like why would you know that, right? No idea. And so the same thing with calories, right? If you don't know how many calories are in certain things, you're like, oh, I'm just, uh, trail mix is really good. So I eat a few handfuls. Everyone said it's healthy. And then you're like, oh, I ate 500 calories in three seconds with trail mix, right? Um, this is a great one because trail mix oh. is shockingly high in calories. Trail mix was one of the, like, that was one of the gotcha foods that I didn't realize that yeah. I was like eating an insane amount of calories. That, and then like peanut butters and stuff like that. If you don't, if you don't actually track it and you just put a glob, you're like, oh, that was 500 calories. Whoops. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. What and, does a tablespoon actually yeah, look like? Yeah, seriously. And then another one, this is going off topic, but another one that I noticed, I used to eat these a lot, were banana chips. Yeah. Because a lot of them are deep fried. And so it's literally like, you might as well just eat regular chips because yeah. they're actually less calories. Uh, but so there are there are all these different diets and different ways to track and, and all this stuff. So these people that are, you know, anti-diet or uh, intuitive eating, and that's what they believe in. They're very like against these diets. And um, it's gotten to a point now, and I'm assuming this is kind of what you're talking about. I've, I've talked about this a lot on the on my YouTube channel, which is where most of these kind of videos live, right? Where I'm talking about this stuff is the reason that I am bothered by what these people are saying, these, you know, these dietitians or these nutritionists in some aspects is because they are, their message is for a very specific person. And usually it's for the person that they used to be. And so what I mean by that is, um, and this is like, I've, I've talked to a lot of different people that are in the field and something that I've noticed with a lot of people that are in dietitian, dietetics or nutritionists and stuff like that is they actually come from a place of disordered eating in the past. And now it kind of, and I'm not saying everyone again, you know, but like a lot of these, and a lot of times it's women, they were very like at a young age, they became very affixed to some sort of diet or trying to shrink, shrink their body in some way. And that resulted in some sort of dis disordered eating, whether that's anorexia, bulimia, whatever, whatever thing you can think of. Right. And then they were able to maybe get through that and then they, but they're still very interested in nutrition. So naturally when they get, you know, in college or whatever, they're like, I want to pursue this as a job. And so that, that's totally fine. You know, it makes sense, right? The, the things that you've dealt with in the past go into your future, right? But I think what is happening now is that these, um, these women and, and men too, but these, uh, people that are in this industry now, they are prescribing things based on their past experience. And that that's kind of, it seems like that's all they see. And so there are a lot of, so a lot of times what I do is I'll be like uh, reacting or giving my opinions on like these Instagram posts that a lot of these like dietitians and stuff will post. And now I want to make it very clear. A lot of them have very good things to say and they're very smart and they know what they're talking about. And I, so that's, I'm not trying to say that they're idiots or anything like that. Right. Uh, but 
I think that, again, they are very pointed at a specific group of people, which is fine, but the posts don't really ever reflect that. And it seems like what they're saying is good for everyone. And the fact of the matter is, like you and me, when you are as big as we were, you need, like, you you might need to track to get to a point where you understand. Like, for me, I, I came, when I grew up, I didn't know anything about nutrition. I didn't know anything about that stuff. So to tell someone like me, just eat intuitively to lose weight. I mean, it just, I, it, who, who is that going to help really? I, I, it's so disingenuous to, to a person like me or who I was because <clears throat> I, I was just intuitively eating. That's what I was yeah. doing. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I intuitively ate, I, ate myself I, to 400 pounds. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. more. And and it was like, what do I feel like eating? What does this make me feel like? This makes me feel good. That's what I want to eat. That's that's intuition. That's mm-hmm. intuitive eating. I feel like today I could maybe pull that off. But I like have gone through a long amount of time composing meals in the proper ratio calorically and macro considerations and all of that and eating them and like trying to analytically go, how does this feel in my body? Mm-hmm. At what point am I not really hungry anymore? Cause it's not instantaneous. Like what I imagine, like a normal, a quote unquote normal person eats and then their body says, we don't need any more food. And they stop eating. Is that what your body sounds like? Not, no, not at all. My body sounds like go to McDonald's. That's what my body sounds like. So I'm sitting here going like, shut up. I'm not listening to you. Let me try to find cues, whether they be physiological or mental or whatever. So here I know this meal is right because I fucking did the math. Sorry Mm -hmm. for swearing. I did the math and I'm going to eat it. Now, what does that feel like? Right? So I've tried to like think through that. And so maybe after having done that for over a year, I think I wouldn't be scared to try in, in the, a new version. But like, if you told me at 500 pounds, just do that. Or like, even if we talked about what that meant, I don't think I would have been ready for that. Yeah. And that's, so that's a part of the problem is because I get messages every day. I'm sure you do too, from people that are trying to lose weight. Right. And now it's changed. Now I still get the regular messages of, oh, you, you've inspired me so much. And I, I love those messages. But now it's, I get a lot of messages of people sending me these posts that I was talking about. And a lot of them, I, I know for a fact, they just want to watch a video of me talking about it. Right. Yeah. But I know I love them too. <laughs> but there are also people that are like, maybe that's not their intention, maybe a little bit, but they're like, I saw this because, again, these people have dietitian in their screen name, nutritionist in their screen name. So as someone that is just trying to lose weight, you see that and you automatically give authority to that for good reason, right? These people have gone to school to have these credentials. But they're they're making these posts. And a lot of times, like it started off as like more just their ideas. But now it's the posts have been getting more and more uh, divisive and almost more rude. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Sure. So these people that are now, think about it. You're, I'm just thinking about the person that is messaging me, right? So you're 400 pounds. You're like, I, I, it's not, I want to lose 200 pounds. I need to lose 200 pounds because I went to the doctor last week and uh, they said I had some heart issues or, or whatever, right? So they're in that mindset messaging me and they see this post from this person that says any form of tracking uh, your macros, your calories, or cutting out any sort of foods, that's an eating disorder. Right. 
those are the posts that are going out there, right? That's a, I don't a even short. Understand how that's an eating disorder, though. Um, I can. I will talk about that because yeah. I do. It absolutely can become one. Sure, I absolutely anything think that. in the extreme can be disordered. Exactly, but so they'll see that post and then they're like, "I what? What do I do? Right? Because they're." I, I need to, I, it's not, I want to lose weight. I need to lose weight. And now this nutritionist dietitian is saying, you can't do it this way because that's bad, right? And so the reason I get kind of heated and I get so bothered by these posts is because I feel like, again, these people are genuine in the message they're saying, and they really are probably trying to help that girl that for some reason is always, or the, or the guy that is trying to lose just that extra 10 pounds, right? And then they're just going on these crazy diets and restricting and, and it's not working out and they're unhealthy because they're always in a deficit, right? I understand that that's who they're probably trying to help. Sure. But the fact is, is that's not the only person that's seeing the message. And the, the people that are being hurt by this are people that are in very vulnerable states, you know? And I just think of myself, when I, and this is for better or for worse, but when I decided to lose weight, it wasn't even that long ago, but it was like seven years ago. The, the conversation around it was, yeah, it's good to lose weight, right? That was pretty much it. Like there was not much talk other than that. It wasn't until, uh, you know, maybe about three to four years ago, I would say even probably even like three to two years ago, where a lot of this conversation of health at every size and um, all this stuff started coming up to where now people that want to lose weight, like there's, and, and I'm not exaggerating on this. There, there are people that are trying to lose weight that might post a before and after picture that are getting attacked because of doing that, right? Because they're, oh, before and after pictures are toxic and they show a false narrative and the, they make every, you know, and it's, I just, I'm glad that I'm not trying to lose weight in this scene right now because there are so many different points of view coming at you. Right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I just look at guys that I really respect. Dr. Nadolsky, Mike Isertel, Lane Norton, Jared Feather, guys like these. And I just see, like, them encouraging, like, and all I would hope to do is encourage somebody to go, like, whatever you want, you can do. And there's, like, so much, mm -hmm. so many options. Literally, I mean, there's many, many options. I don't know the, I don't know the value in shutting any of them down. You know what I yeah. mean? Because I think there's, uh, that's another thing that's really important to think about. The guy who needs or wants to lose 10 pounds should not be having the same types of considerations for losing those 10 pounds as the guy who wants to lose 200. Mm -hmm. They're just different, th yeah. different things. The time constraint is different. The approach could be different. Like all of it's different. At the end of the day, they both require a caloric deficit. That's it mm -hmm. in basic scientific yeah. terms. But like how you get there and the duration are are vastly different. So I'm always so like, wow, what's going on? Where there's mm -hmm. even a conversation about like trying to talk somebody out of doing something that they feel is very positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know? For me, like my message has always been you should be losing weight to improve the quality of your life, right? So if that means you you need to lose a lot of weight because your your you know your knees are messed up because of your size or whatever however many issues you might be having, then that's a good thing, right? But it can again like it really can become a disordered, right? So for a, a little bit of more backstory on me because I really do think that 
the my backstory and the things that I've dealt with have made it so because again I get upset at these people but I do understand where they're coming from sure and so what happened with me was um, you know I lost weight and but then it it turned into uh, at some point at some point it was good it was like I'm gonna cut out soda junk food fast food it's what I call the common sense diet just stuff that no matter how much knowledge you have on nutrition you know these things probably aren't good for me right? and that was the entirety that was very, of your diet that was pretty much like that was mostly what I ate was fast food junk food and soda yeah um and so for me soda was like i would drink a two liter a day right easily right um and so i cut that out and again it was all good but then eventually it got to a point where now i became how how few calories can i eat and still uh function basically right and then through that is when i developed a binge eating so what binge eating was for me um and because it, it is different for everyone but for me, what it was, it was like I would eat like 700 calories for like three to four days, maybe maybe up to a thousand calories. But then eventually I would get to a point where I would hit a breaking point and I would just eat everything in sight. And it, uh, the way that I explain it is like it felt like there was like this uh, like the Grim Reaper or something that was like behind me. And I could almost always feel him there. Right. Like like Harry Potter with like uh, Voldemort or whatever. Right. I could always feel it there. But the days that I was able to eat really low calories, I could kind of push him off. But I knew eventually he's going to get me. Like yeah. there was no stopping it. And the days that I would binge by the by the middle of the day. So I would only binge at night right before I went to sleep when everyone was asleep at the house so I could eat whatever I wanted. Right. But by the middle of the day, I know that that guy's hand is on me. And I had basically decided I am going to binge tonight. It wasn't It wasn't even really a choice. It was just, that's what's happening. Yeah. Like, there is no option. And then I would eat, you know, thousands of calories to a point where I felt sick to my stomach. Luckily, I never, like, purged or anything like that. Um, I'm really glad I didn't get into that habit. But it was it was to a point where I felt sick to my stomach. I remember there was one day when I was so full, I was like, on my knees in my room with my head on the chair, just like that was the only position that was comfortable. And so um, I struggled with binge eating really bad and I didn't understand why that was. Um, and I think for me personally, it was because I was over restricting. And so I eventually basically, uh, that's when I kind of found lifting and stuff and I kind of upped my calories slowly. Um, and then I ended up doing a men's physique show. And so when I did that show, I dieted down to 180 pounds. Now I weigh like 210 pounds now. So I was like 30 pounds less than I am now. Right. So I really, really dieted down. And through that, I tracked every single thing I ate and it was great because I learned a lot, but at the same time I was over it <laughs> by the end of the show by the time i competed i knew that like tomorrow i'm not tracking anything i'm sick of it i hate tracking like i it was a good tool but i'm done doing it right and so but i was terrified of that because i i was so afraid because i didn't binge during the whole like uh getting ready for the show and cutting and everything because i had such a like i was so like focused on getting on stage right and being the best version that i could be i got last place because when you have loose skin you, you don't win physique shows but you know it's fine <laughs> um but it was more for you me fucking you did a, sh a yeah a, a that's insane that you did a show. It's a, that's incredible. Yeah, they do like the spray tan thing, and it's uh, it's a whole thing, man. It was it was it was a it was a good experience, but I I learned a lot, and I I'm glad that I did it because I can tell other people to not do it, right. <laughs> like other people that are coming from our backgrounds. I just don't think it's necessary. Yeah. Uh, but so I ended up, you know, I did the show, and I remember I was terrified of the next day because even regular competitors that compete in these shows. 
that aren't massive weight loss people, they gain insane amounts of weight if they're not careful because it's very easy. Like you are dieting down so much. And then especially the last week, you're losing even a little bit, even more weight because you're like trying to cut water and everything. And so then you see the scale jump up right when you're done competing and then you kind of freak out and then people kind of like, oh, whatever, screw it. You know, I was afraid that was going to happen to me. Now, thank God it didn't. I was able to like, I was able to not track anymore and then just kind of slowly start eating more. And I think for me, part of the reason I was able to not uh, binge was because I actually found like functional fitness, like CrossFit style training. And it was more about what can you do with your body instead of how can your body look? So it's like, how much can you deadlift? Can you do a muscle up? Can you do handstand walks? All this stuff. So I wasn't just focused on how much do I weigh and what do I look like in a mirror, right? But the reason I told that really long story was because I struggled with binge eating. And a lot of that, I think, was because I was over restricting. So it like that's we were kind of talking about earlier, like how can it be bad? So like uh, tracking calories and macros can become disordered because people will almost use it as a way to over restrict. And then they're they're tracking their their macros, but they're still really under eating or if if they go to uh, you know somewhere where they're not able to track they freak out and it becomes this whole thing right so it has like i i've always said tracking has the capacity to be bad but anything has the capacity to be bad right like when we look at cars they have the capacity to do a lot of harm sure but at the same time they have the capacity to completely change our lives so we of course take that little bit of risk for some people they can't handle it and they're not allowed to drive right and so for some people tracking might be a little bit too much which is totally understandable but to say that it's a a disorder for everyone that's doing it i think that's a like you said disingenuous and it's just not true yeah i i mean listen when i think about intermittent fasting i i didn't like eating in front of people i didn't like people seeing me eat so i would often go huge periods of time without eating be basically fine and then binge eat Mm -hmm. and that so when i think about intermittent fasting i think if i did it in a mindless way, that's probably what I would do. So it's kind of off the table for me. Um, I also want to get, you know, 50 grams of protein every two to four hours Mm -hmm. generally. And so I can't do that if I'm intermittent fasting. So there's a, a, a couple problems for me there. But intuitive eating for me also... I don't know that it works unless I'm still thinking about it. Like even keto, you know, at first I did keto for a long time. And at first I was eating basically a standard American diet, had a lot of sugar, had a lot of carbs, also a lot of fat. But when I cut out a whole food group, I lost a bunch of weight, mostly water at first. And then if I didn't actually put more restrictions on my diet, I wouldn't lose weight. I would eat too much. Mm-hmm. So it it all like I just think it depends on what you want and what your what your product is. If you're if you're doing keto steadily and you're losing weight and that's what you want to be doing, then good. Then don't think about yeah. it more than that. Keto's interesting to me and I I'm I'm really interested in like what it was like for you because I've I've never done it and I've my when it comes I think there are genuine reasons why someone would do keto as far as like I I might be wrong but when it first kind of came out, it was to help people with epilepsy that were like having seizures and stuff. And then I think there was like research that said it was good for some cancers and stuff. And then I think people just kind of naturally were like, well, if it's good for that, it might be good for weight loss. I don't, I don't know specifically, but I think with 
with keto, it's it's interesting because it's it's gotten so popular, right? Yeah. My personal opinion is, it, I mean, if it works for someone, it works for someone. I'm not. I'm the. I think where the difference is, is the people we were talking about earlier would say it's a disorder. I just think it maybe it's not the best option. But I think the reason it works for so many people is because one, you're cutting out a complete, you're cutting out a whole macronutrient. You're cutting out one of the three, right? For the most part. Yeah. And I think doing that, yes, you can still eat bacon and you can still eat all this stuff, but there are so many options that are no, now no longer there for you. And so I think that that helps with overeating because it's like, I don't really want to eat that much bacon, you know? Right. And of course, like you said, you can definitely still overeat. I do have a problem with the people that claim keto works no matter regardless of calories, right? It doesn't matter how many. True. It's it used to be a lot uh, a bigger sect of people in keto believe that. It's definitely a more of a minority group it seems like, which I think is good. Uh because again, I think when when you start making claims on a diet that are unfounded and aren't real, it makes the people and I I have friends that do keto that are like it makes everyone look stupid, you know? And so that's why I think we, I just keto is super interesting to me because yes, it definitely works for a lot of people. And I think on top of that, one of the other things that helps a lot of people is that fat is satiating. And so, cause you're eating so much more fat, you're just kind of fuller instead of, you know, if you were eating a lot of carbs or whatever. Um, I, I think what the, the, what the, and this is my rationalization yeah. of, of that idea that like you can eat like let's say you're burning 2,500 calories a day and you're eating 3,000 and you're still losing weight. Possible because if you withhold carbohydrates, your body is going to deplete itself of glycogen, which is stored water in your muscles. So, but that's not going to last forever. Like once that purge happens, then you're done with quote unquote weight loss and none of it was fat loss. It's just water. So that's a, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I if totally there's like, that. if, if I was to switch to keto today or tomorrow and, and actually increased my calories, I believe I would see a differential on the scale, mm-hmm. but it's, that's not fat. Yeah. So it's like it, it, you can lose weight, but you're not losing fat. You're right. just basically losing a lot of water. And it's really just for the beginning because mm-hmm. once you, once you get rid of that, you're going to gain weight because you've increased your calories Yeah, and you're going to be gaining fat, yeah. not water. That's interesting. So I'm kind of curious. So when you were on keto and I know you were on it for a very long time, so it might be kind of hard to answer this question, but like, what was a normal day of eating like for you? It was all over the place. Let me say that the f- the first like brush with a keto like diet was Atkins thirty five years yeah. <laughs> ago, and for me, I actually didn't hate it because I could have cheese, I could have uh, burgers, I could have mayonnaise, I could have stuff that you know it wasn't a cheeseburger because there was no bread, it wasn't French fries, but there was still some something about the cheeseburger that I liked it. And so when I did that as a kid, I didn't hate it. I just didn't stay on it very long. I think like I would eat my friend's chips at school. Yeah. And, I mean, and, especially if you're, if you're a kid. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't 10 years old. I would, I might've been 10 actually. I could have been 10 <laughs> years old. Um, But so when, then I kind of didn't think about Atkins for a long time. And then when I was an adult and keto kind of happened, 
I had I, I had already gone through the phase of Los Angeles that kind of swept Los Angeles, which was like gluten is bad. So I'd gone gluten free. And then when keto came, it was just like a little extension of this, basically. Um, and, you know, it, it, for me, it was just this easy thing of like, when I'm lazy and doing it, I'm going to be eating hot dogs at the movie theater without the bun. Mm -hmm. When I'm tr really thinking about weight loss, I'm going to know that I can have a couple chicken thighs and some broccoli I can't eat something like a hot dog because for whatever reason, and I hadn't figured it all out, I wasn't going to lose weight if I was eating kind of whatever I wanted within the right. If, if I was just snacking on salami and cheese, you know, dipped in fondue or mm. whatever, you know, in some aioli dressing, I wasn't going to lose weight. I cannot imagine how high my calories were doing yeah. something like that. Um but if I restricted it, if it was like a, a strict version of keto where it was really, you know, what we talked about, a quote unquote healthy diet, yeah. but, you know, a very small salad with a ton of dressing, you mm -hmm. know, and the dressing was olive oil and vinegar, olive oil and yeah. lemon, you know, stuff like that. And then the, there's always sneaky stuff where you think, you know, hot dogs, fine. Really, they put sugar in all of that too, which you're not counting. And then you realize that cheese generally has carbs and you start to think about that too. And so I would cut cheese out of my diet and I would cut this and this and this. And I would wind up ultimately eating chicken thighs and, and a, a little bit of veggies and olive oil. Yeah. I didn't have to do math. I didn't have to count, but I knew that I couldn't ever be really full. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it was still, there was still a lot of effort. And when I switched over to counting calories, I was, I had so much more food. Yeah. It was terrifying. How, like just the volume of my food increased so much, you know, partially because in order to be in a caloric deficit and consuming fat that fat yeah, the volume by is volume not, is yeah. is half or less than half of what a carbohydrate or a protein is it, it was it was just it was pretty easy you mm -hmm. know because uh, because again i wasn't interested in thinking about everything but i didn't have my goals like fully realized or thought through even you know i just at one point was like i'm gonna be muscular and then just kept shrinking kind of overall and would go and get these DEXA scans and be like, I lost eight pounds of muscle. How, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. You know, I think I have this like kind of theory in my head. I don't think I've ever said this out loud, but, and if I'm wrong, let me know. But I feel like the people that lose weight and are successful in it usually do quite a bit of research with nutrition. Now, I don't think that, again, obviously I'm not a dietitian nutritionist or anything like that, but like understanding I've always said knowledge is power, right? So when it comes to, especially if you're trying to lose weight, if you just follow a diet, right, uh, keto, whatever it is, right, and, and you just blindly follow it and you lose weight doing it, that's great. But I think what's like the most important thing for me, my favorite word in the world is sustainability, right? So if you're doing this diet and you're in your head, you're thinking, I can't wait to be done with this diet, that's a problem. Yeah. Right. Especially if you don't have a plan for when you're yeah. done. And so for me, I think like with, I have so many friends that have lost a lot of weight, obviously like different like influencers or whatever you want to call it that have lost a lot of weight. And the, 
the one thing that most of them have in common that have lost a lot of weight and kept it off is that they understand nutrition. And I'm, I, I'm not even saying people need to go out there and get degrees or even spend that much time, but just getting the basic knowledge of understanding uh, calories in, calories out, understanding macros, maybe understanding how many calories you should probably be eating. You know, like I really think that that and there's no name for that, right? There's no way I can sell that to anyone. Yeah, <laughs> Like I, I don't do this because I'm trying to like make money. And so I think that there's a lot of people out there that will put a name on something and then try and sell it. And, you know, whether I understand keto is a little bit different because it's kind of just a style of eating. But with a lot of these diets or a lot of these things, it's like they have this name on it and they're trying to sell it to you. No, but you see stuff now that's like keto cookie and keto this mm -hmm. and keto bomb and fat drinks. And, you yeah. know, so there people are selling stuff based around it. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, like, for me, I just want people to understand that you you don't need to have money to lose weight. You know, like you don't need to have anything other than your brain and like maybe the Internet. Right. Because that's the easiest way to get information. But like other than that, you don't need anything else. Like if you really are like, I can't go anywhere other than McDonald's because that's where the only place I can eat. You can lose weight eating McDonald's. Is that recommended? No, I wouldn't really recommend anyone do that. But like it is possible. possible yeah. um, it would be kind of difficult because things are pretty dense there. So you'd have a very low volume of food. But. I just want people to understand that like all of these diets that have all of these rules, I think people like to gravitate towards them. And I understand it because especially if you're coming from like how we were, no holds bar, eat anything you want. Those rules are almost necessary and it's, it's really good to have them. But I think at some point you should try and get to a point where, yes, you still have rules, but it's rules that maybe you've set out for yourself. Like for me, a, a rule is that I don't drink soda. You know, I'll have diet soda, but like I don't drink a full calorie soda. Now, why is that rule there? Because I think it's a waste of calories. There's a reason for the rule, not just because that person said I can't, you know? Yeah. But I really think like for me, I, I, something I've noticed is people that lose weight and keep it off understand why it's all happening. Yeah. And it, it, I think it's, it's shown with you because I mean, I've listened to so many of the podcasts and you've talked about all the uh, last times you've tried to lose weight and it's like, Oh, I followed this diet or I was cycling for a thousand years a day, <laughs> like all of this stuff. And it's now it seems like you understand. And I think one of the reasons that I enjoy listening to your podcast is because you are you're very inquisitive and you just ask questions. And it, it, I can tell like I remember and I still am in that mode of just trying to learn as much as I can. And I think that that it's good that the the people that are listening to this podcast are getting like the answers from these professionals and stuff because you're just genuinely curious. So I think that it's, it's really cool. I, I really am. I am curious about all of it because I always am going like, is there any other thing I can do here? Like, what can I do to give me even a 0.1% edge on what I'm doing? I'm super interested. Like, and I have certain ideals that I think about, like, as far as like, um, like, I was talking to Rob Wolf about uh, pastured foods and, and, the, and, and I, I actually totally agree with him. That gets into like a moral thing that I, I then go like, you know, there's something about the people at Erwan that nauseate me. Do you know Erwan? No, I if, don't. If, the, if nobody knows Erwan, it's like a Beverly Hills health food store. Oh, okay. And, and I'm sure there's a lot about my childhood that's uh, wrapped up in me feeling out of place there because I probably am not out of place there yeah. today, but like I go in there and I'm just like, 
I don't like any of you and you're all judging me and, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And you all think that only pastured eggs are good. And that's so, like how I feel when I go into Whole Foods or something like that. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like the, it's like, uh, the Rodeo drive of Whole <laughs> okay. Foods basically. Um, and so I, I, I get this weird feeling about, and then I also think that like, I do think it's a problem that there is wealth. I do think it's a problem somehow that, um, the accessibility to what we would call healthy or or less calorically dense food it is it, the the access to it is is less so mm. like if mcdonald's is very inexpensive and and i think that's good if you have a population of starving people that we need to feed like mm. yes we don't have a population of starving people <laughs> yeah, we, do we, not. we did at yeah. one point yeah. and we subsidize beef, we subsidize corn, we subsidize soy to feed to the beef so that we could have more beef, mm-hmm. like all of this. And so then now it's like the the actual there it feels to me a little bit like and 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 I don't have an answer for any of this. It's all just emotional. And at the end of the day, I don't think you should do anything based on emotion. I yeah. think you should use reason. But so I go like, well. I don't want to present a situation where I'm going like the the thing you have to do is buy the most expensive eggs. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm out. And yeah. so I don't eat those eggs. Mm-hmm. I eat eggs from the supermarket that are the cheapest eggs I can find. You know, and I went on a revolt once with my wife and started drinking tap water yeah. just because I was like, you're bottom <laughs> I remember this story, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but at the same time, I think like we'd all probably be better off if farms were more biodiverse and like, I I just think that's, so that's my ideal. Um, But at the end of the day, if you, if you are consuming a bunch of stuff with no idea of how your body's using it, I just don't know that that's going to work for you in the long term. So today I've done a a ton of diets. Um, I've done a ton without a plan. I've done a ton that I couldn't wait to be off of. I've done a ton that left me utterly fatigued, standing up, nearly blacking out, constantly cold, even though I was overweight, which is a really bizarre yeah. feeling. And and then I come to, well, I, I only have about 10 to 12 pounds of fat that I want to lose. And when I lose that, I'm going to lose it for a day and then – probably come back to where I am now and hang out here. Mm -hmm. Like this is probably my weight for, for years to come. Yeah. Um, doing that, I gotta be real specific. Mm -hmm. Um, if I, if I'm not real specific, I think with what I understand, like I've gone on vacation, uh, in the last year and not had a problem. Mm -hmm. I've, I've eaten basically intuitively, but I've been, thinking about this for a year yeah. about every meal. I don't think on day one I pull that off. And if you're a, a person who wants to lose 10 pounds, maybe you can do that. Maybe mm-hmm. that's sage advice. But I think that there has to be some knowledge of what food's doing to our body, what what our access points to food are. You know what I mean? If you only have the money to go to McDonald's, it's going to be another layer of, of, of stuff for you to deal with to mm. figure out how to eat. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't come from that experience, so yeah. I don't know. I know it's possible. So 
there's a, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about. The whole money and, and weight loss thing, I think, is really, really important because it is is a very known fact that low income areas suffer from obesity much more than than higher income areas. I come from a very, very poor background. Right. So a little bit about me. Growing up, I was taken away from my mom because she was a drug addict. We got put back with her. There was a, a lot of us and there was not much money to go around. Okay. So the reason that I, I believe partly of why I got to, so at my heaviest, I was 360 pounds, right? At 20 years old. So, and I gained weight all throughout my childhood. And I think part of the reason of that is because we didn't have much money. So most of our meals were big pots of food that you went and got as many servings as you could eat basically. Right. And so I learned to eat very fast and I still eat very fast. Um, and so, you know, it was hamburger helper, macaroni and cheese with hot dogs cut up in it. You know, it was uh, cream of chicken with like, you know, rice and all, all this stuff. Right. It sounds delicious. Yeah, it was, it does sound good. Um, but so I, eating all these cheap foods is what led me into, and then obviously fast food once I got a little bit older and I was able to buy my own food and stuff, um, led me to where I was. And when I started losing weight, I was in the same position. I was broke. Like I could not afford a gym membership. I, I had no money, right? And so I truly believe, and that's why I said it earlier, you can lose weight and not have much money. If you can only afford McDonald's, I would say don't go to McDonald's and spend that money somewhere else. And it it you can 100% find stuff at the supermarket. Everywhere's a little bit different, but like you can find stuff at the supermarket that is going to be not super calorically dense that will, you know, even if it's like I eat a lot of frozen chicken still. Like my diet now, people I'll, I'll make like full day of eating videos on my channel and people are like, oh, this your diet's terrible. Like all these foods are processed and they're so cheap and you should eat higher quality things. And, you know, maybe they're right. But for me, if I can show the person that is super broke, but also super overweight, that they can lose weight without spending a ton of money, that's what I want to do. I think it's important. It's it's very important. And I, I think because like, I think this is this is a big issue mm-hmm. that we could like choose to ignore, but I don't want to. And I didn't grow up with money. And I think that, you know, like a reward for me was McDonald's. Yeah, same you, here. You know, that was like. Hometown buffet. You, you did great this week. Yeah. Let's eat McDonald's. So that's what I knew. The the moment I was working and had any money of my own, that's what I knew. And and uh, there there is something to the fact that like, I and I think it probably started from a, a place of, of good intentions with uh, how do we, we never want starvation or famine in America. How do we mitigate those problems forever? And they figured it out. We'll mm. never have that. Or, you know, uh, in the direction we're going in now, we're yeah. not going to have that. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do 
not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So we have this problem, which is uh, more disproportionate in impoverished communities in America. What's the option for them? Mm-hmm. There's got to be an option. Yeah. And, and, and I think there are. But yeah. if we just say like go buy the pastured stuff that's insanely expensive yeah. that does nothing for anyone yeah and and th- this is something that i i think it it became an a like a big deal to me just naturally right like i i honestly I, i'm realizing right now as we're having this conversation how important it is to me <laughs> if that makes any sense yeah. but like there are a lot of people that they they obviously have good intentions that are in like the fitness space that their their thought process is optimization to, you know, the 10th degree, right? They're trying to get that 1% advantage, which is fine. And, but it seems like those are the people that are always having conversations, right? And those are the conversations you're always hearing. So instead of like talking about, if you look at a pyramid, you're always talking about that little piece on the very top. No one is talking about the base that everything is built on. And I think the base for people, and like, again, it's because of the audience that I obviously have attracted are people that are trying to lose massive amounts of weight. So they're not worried about the nth degree percent that they're trying to increase, right? They need to build their base. And I want to talk about that. And I think it's important, too, if you give them choices within the universe that they're already in, mm-hmm. it's just going to be an easier, like, if, if, you know, if you told, in the beginning, if you told me, uh, the majority of your food comes from fast food. Well, we're going to switch it all over to Erwan or Whole Foods. Yeah. I would just be like, I, don't I even can't know what even to eat. I can't walk in that store. I don't feel comfortable enough mm-hmm. walking into that store. So, no, I'm just, I'm out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, if you're like thinking about the person, like if you're able to tell someone that it is okay for them to eat frozen chicken that is reheated and they can still lose weight. I think that's important, right? Instead of being like, you should be eating the, the you know, free range, 100% beef that's, you know, 20 pounds of, 
either twenty dollars a pound or something like that. They're just it's just not feasible. Maybe they can buy that once a week. Yeah. But like, so for me, it's it's important that people understand that. And the reason I say this is because so many people will, because they've heard these conversations so much that they've gotten very comfortable using that I don't have much money as an excuse. And I still believe it's an excuse because I had barely any money when I lost my weight, you know, so it's not an excuse. I understand why people might feel that way. And I'll do my best to show people that that's not an excuse, but I'm not going to be like, oh, I understand why you haven't lost weight because you don't have money. Because again, I don't believe that's true, you know, so I just, uh, it's really important that people it's you try and take as many barriers away from weight loss as possible you know especially the larger you are and then i've noticed like the larger you are and the the longer you've been your size because the longer you've been your size the more you feel identified with that size and so the thought of losing it is like i don't is that even possible like for me i used to wear shirts that said born to be big on it you know because it was that's who i was i was the funny fat guy right and so so many people are stuck in that mindset. And then if you're now telling them you need to eat these things that are super expensive, they're like, well, I can't even afford it. So it's not for me. Yeah. I think this just goes along with the ideas of the absolutes that are presented with like, it has to be pastured or it has to be organic or it has to be this, or it can't be frozen or whatever. And it's like, yeah, none of that's true. Mm -hmm. It, It really, at the end of the day, if you just take – if you're 500 pounds and you just take what you're eating and cut 15% off of yep. it, you're going to lose weight. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I mean I eat I eat lunch meat all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Cheap lunch meat, you know, that I get I, – I shop at Smart and Final, which is like a, – it's a warehouse store that's like – they don't carry fancy things. It is as cheap as they can be. And for me, I'm, that's fine with me. Like maybe if I ever wanted to improve my performance to the nth degree and really wanted to get things like firing on all cylinders, maybe I might do that. But like for me, and I didn't even, it's not like I made this decision to show other people. It's just for me, it's like, well, Smart and Final's closest. And uh, like there's all these reasons. So I'm just like, it works for me. So, and I, I want people to see that, especially because again, like there are so many like with the internet it's awesome because you can find any information you want but also you can struggle with like paralysis by analysis right because there's so many different things out there to lose weight and to do this you should try this make sure you do that and so people get so lost in like all of these options that it's hard to make the decision and so i just want people to understand like the the most important thing is to just start you know And, and it might not be a lot of people worry about starting at 100%. So going from zero to 100. So I'm going to go from eating the typical Western diet, whatever I want, to I'm going to eat chicken and broccoli. I'm going to be perfect. Well, yes, that will work. You'll lose weight. Is that realistic? Probably not. Right. Right. And so I want people to understand, like you said, if you are 500 pounds and you're trying to lose weight, instead of being like, I'm going to eat chicken and broccoli and drink water, just cut 15% of the calories that you're eating. And you'll probably see results, you know? And so that's what I want people to see. Yeah. And and this is this is something I wish I had come to in the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, because I, I think it would have really changed my trajectory as it stands. It has been about 20 years of dieting with really tragic mistakes that, you know, maybe I'm better off for having made them. I would, I would love for somebody else to not have to make the mistakes I'm making. And then, as far as the health aspect goes, I, I, I read a broad study that that had all manners of obesity represented, and it basically said 
that the majority of health gained from weight loss happens within 10%. Mm-hmm. So if you weigh 500 pounds and you lose 50 pounds, the majority of health benefit you've gotten. Mm-hmm. And you're 450 pounds. Yeah. So not to say you can't continue to be healthier, but the big, big majority mm-hmm. of health benefit you'll have gotten there. Health was never a super motivating factor for me in the beginning. It certainly is now. I think about health now. But I, but there's like I, – I don't want to give that to somebody as like the reason they should lose weight. Whatever their reason is, mm-hmm. that's their reason. And if they don't have a reason, then don't – then continue living your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if you arrive to uh, listening to you and I – chances are you maybe have a goal in weight loss mm-hmm. and and whatever the reason for that goal that's up to you you know and i i would just say like if somebody's telling you the way to do it and you're going but i can't but there's no way i'm going to make it then that's not the one yeah. there then go you know do more in, increase your research parameters and broaden your horizons because you'll find something that will make a little bit more sense. And once you get to something, you go like, I'm going to give that a shot. Even if you get to, I'm going to give that a shot. Great. Yeah. Do that. Confidence is huge for sure. I think that part of the reason that the, like where health at every size kind of gained popularity is because a lot of, um, health and fitness turned into like when Instagram first started getting popular, it was all these super shredded people. And it was like health is being as shredded as humanly possible. And I think for um, a lot of, so you'll notice that in health at every side, it's a lot of, it's a lot of women. And I think the reason for that is there's a, there's a lot for sure, but I think women are definitely policed more on their bodies and how they look and all this stuff for sure. sure. Right. And then on top of that with like Instagram, there's these girls that are posting these super shredded pictures of their abs and all this stuff. And then, so there was this, a bunch of, of women and men, you know, I was part of it too, that saw these pictures and like, that's what you aspired to be. And then, so you, instead of thinking health is like what you were kind of explaining or just being at a a healthy weight, not being super shredded, it, it morphed into, you need to be super shredded and like diced. Right. And so I think it's like the, I use the pendulum analogy a lot. So it went from that to swinging all the way over to health at every size now, I think for for the most part, I think that you cannot tell how healthy someone is by just looking at them. And that's one of the big points that they make. But I think to a certain extent, you kind of can, you know. And like be, the reason I have an, an issue with health at every size is that when you say every, you mean every, right? So if you're looking at someone that is very, very overweight, that, you know, their weight is causing them problems and it might not not let's not even say diabetes and and all that stuff right let's just say they can't get up or their knees are messed up or they have lymphedema in their legs or whatever right so there's that but then on the other aspect you can absolutely be too thin right and most people would see someone that is maybe anorexic or is just really thin like oh they need to get help they have a problem and if you were to say that about someone that's large now that's considered like fat shaming and stuff and so Again, I can understand where people came from with health at every size because the the thought of health was instead of just being not sick, it was how shredded are you? 
And so, you know, there's this, this weird like balancing act that people have to kind of consider. And it, it's gotten, it's gotten to be crazy, man. Like online, if, if you're someone that is trying to lose weight, you can legitimately be like shamed because you're trying to lose weight. And it's a lot of times it's people that are like, the health at every size, like you don't need to lose weight. Like you're fine how you are. And it's like, well, I mean, you I have not run into this. I'm so, I'm shocked that nobody's yelled at me about this, which yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm happy, but mm-hmm. I probably would just laugh at them and think they were joking if yeah. they said that to me. Yeah. I think, um, like I said, it's more women than it is men. Yeah. And so I think, so this is actually a whole nother point. I don't, cause I don't want to harp on the health at every size forever. Uh, but I, I do think it's interesting. So in the weight loss space, I'm, I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but have you noticed how there's not many men in it? It does seem to be occupied mostly by gals. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a very interesting thing. And like, so when you, when you see men talk about weight online, and this is just my experience, so I could be wrong, but when you see men talk about weight, most of the time they're talking about bulking, right? I'm trying to gain weight so I can get bigger and more buff. Or when they talk about losing weight, they're like, I'm going to cut I'm going to get shredded, right? It's There's not many guys that are talking about, hey, I needed to lose weight for my health or, hey, I needed to, like, I just needed to lose 50 pounds. But, like, women are totally fine talking about that. I just think that that's a really interesting thing. And so a lot of these, that's why I've I've said so much, like, you know, it seems like it's women, it's women, because when I talk about it, people are like, you just hate women. It's like, that's not, I, that's not what I'm trying to do because, like, a lot of the videos I make when I'm, uh, you know, refuting some of these claims from health at every size, most of the time it's a woman that's made the claim. Right. right. And so there's these people and it's not much, it's a very small group of people like you just hate women and stuff. And I'm like, that's not, I'm, that's not what I'm trying to do. It's just, that's, that's where it, there's just more women in the space, you know? Uh, but there's, there's not many men in it. And I think that that's what, I think that's one of the reasons I'm so, I've been so excited about having like a, a new friend in this space with you and, because there, there just isn't many men that are talking about like massive weight loss. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, that's just something that I've noticed. Do you know, and I, I really have no idea what the differential is in instance of obesity amongst men and women? Like, mm, no, I don't, I don't have, I don't know off the top of my head. But it's, it's interesting because even so, if I look at my analytics right on like Instagram and YouTube, I have 60% women that follow me. Really? And that's really not normal for a guy. <laughs> like and on YouTube, I think it's even more. I think it's like 65% women that follow me. And on YouTube, that's not very normal. And it just it just shows because, again, I'm talking about weight loss in most of my videos, right? And it's those are the people that are consuming. So it's not even like there's some conspiracy that are like men aren't allowed. It's just men aren't as interested either, I think. Yeah. Because I think if you if you go even further, there's like the whole like dad bod thing that was like a thing, you know. So guys are kind of more comfortable being maybe 20, 30 pounds overweight. It's not a big deal. But for women, it is. Yeah. And so they're always trying to lose weight. And I think that I this is a whole thing, but like it goes back many, many years as to why maybe they feel that way, where they're coming from. And I understand why it might seem like more women are more frustrated. And I don't know. It, I feel like I'm speaking for women. I'm not trying to do that at all. But I understand why they say what they say. But again, just because I understand why they're saying it, if I disagree with it, I'm not just going to be like, well, they can say whatever. You know, that's yeah. not how I feel. I, I think it's probably because I, at, uh, you know, um, 
nearly my thinnest ever had somebody on TMZ or on Twitter, but they work for TMZ say, well, Ethan's still fat or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, by what metric am I still fat? I'm 220 pounds. I'm 11% or 12% body fat. I'm doing eight hours of cardio a day and you're calling me fat. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. I guess I'm still fat. Like if you say so, I can't, I'm not going to win you over. But then I remember somebody called Chris Pratt fat from Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was like, dude, that guy looks like a superhero. Yeah, literally. (laughs) He's incredible. His body, he looks incredible. How dare you? And my reaction was probably too big. And then when somebody was saying about Jason Moma's like dad bod, I was like, if I could ever have, if my right? body could yeah. look like that, that's it. That's the issue, man. Like with, when you get so, it, it's, uh, I'm assuming it's guys that were saying these things. When you get so engulfed in like the bodybuilding culture that you, you get, you do get used to seeing guys that are 5% body fat, you know, or maybe 7% body fat that are super shredded that let's be real. A lot of them are probably on steroids, right? And they have an insane amount of muscle and, and their body fat is super low. So that is in your head, that's normal. But in reality, it's, it's not normal. So like the people that were, they hold Jason moment thing, I remember that. And it was like, he had, he had a normal amount of body fat on him. By but, the way, I bet he was below the norm. Yeah. Even. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know Absolutely. what I mean? And and just you couldn't see the veins in his stomach. And so suddenly he's got a dad bod. I, if that's what dad bod means, I don't know a single dad out there who looks like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. That's what I think. It's It's the extreme, right? So it's these people that are way over here, you know, super low body fat. They're used to seeing other people that are super low body fat. So if they see someone that's not that, they're they're all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, they're fat, you know? And it's just and so there are these people that are that are dealing with that. And then and then there's like on the other side of the spectrum, there's like the health at every size where it's like, you can be whatever size you want. And it's like I understand the sentiment there and I understand maybe not wanting to always feel bad about your size. But I do think it's it's kind of dangerous because there are genuine health concerns for being too large, right? And I think that if we sit here, it's one thing, you don't need to be a jerk and shame someone because of their size. But if, you know, if they're having a conversation with you and they're genuinely worried about their size and you kind of say, oh, it's fine, you'll be fine. I think that that's one, that you're not being truthful. And two, you could be hurting them in the long run. Yeah, you know? I, I, I- I think that's all totally valid and I think at the same time and I don't I don't know if it's really possible like uh Robert Sapolsky talks about and and even guys like Sam Harris talk about free will and how biologically there's no such thing as free will like it's all biological urges that are leading us in a direction and wherever we go we were going that way anyway mm-hmm. right but Within the matrix that we live in that is our society and like the constant marketing we're getting from companies and even just the conversations we're having with people that are building up these fantasies that we call life, that our reality is, which however we take all of the objective data that we have and and categorize it and store it in our minds, right? I still think at the end of the day, it's up to us. Mm -hmm. So like 
some TMZ guy says, I'm still fat. That doesn't matter. Uh, somebody says Jason Moma, like suddenly Jason Moma's pretty shredded and still, and that's the dad bod. And we're going to shame that guy who gives a shit. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, we got to figure out what's right for us Yeah, and kind of get rid of all the chatter that's going around about what should be. And you know, the, the BMI is highly flawed. So if we're just going off the standards of what the medical industry says health is, that's kind of BS too, because Mm -hmm. that doesn't take everything into account. And how, what do you weigh? I weigh 210. You're overweight. Yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty much close to obese, Mm -hmm. if not overweight right now. And I think you and I are pretty fit. Mm -hmm. So I just go like, that doesn't matter to me. I do have health concerns that I check, not concerns, but I, I am interested in health. And so I look at my blood and you know what I mean? Like I'm more diligent with that than I certainly was 20 years ago. I'm also quite a bit older than you. Mm -hmm. But like none of that even is a determining factor because if you read all the studies on cholesterol, it's like, well, this is not foolproof. You know, there's dudes in Italy who have – cholesterol that's off the chart and they mm-hmm. never have heart attacks yeah you know um so i i just think like if if you're not interested in dieting and you want to feel good about yourself and and you require a movement like health at every size by all means mm-hmm. use that yeah and 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 i'm I'm, I have no problem with it, Mm. but I don't think that if somebody is interested in dieting and does have goals that there should be any kind of like the, the, the aggression that I think it takes to go and try to stop somebody from Mm -hmm. doing something for themselves. And I do recognize that there's still marketing involved within, you know, we all haven't woken up and been mm. pulled out of the battery pack yeah. that the matrix holds us in. You know, that's not even realistic right now. Mm. So it's still a lot to get through. Yeah. But I think about fast food and I, I, I fully remember going like, I am not going to eat this. I'm not going to go to Wendy's late night drive through and I'm driving home. And then I'm turning and I'm like, what, this isn't the direction home? No, I'm not. And I can, and my mantra is I'm not going to do it. And I'm in the line at the drive-thru and I'm not going to do this. I'm not doing this. And I'm ordering the food and I'm not, I, I, I can pull out now. And if mm-hmm. I pull out now and leave, they, I can hide my face and they won't know me the next time, you know, and then I'm paying and I'm not going to eat this and they're handing me the food and then I'm pulling over and and like smelling it going I'm just going to smell it I'm not going to eat it and then I'm just going to take one bite and I'm mm-hmm. not going to eat it and then I've eaten it mm-hmm. you know and the whole time I'm like kind of pleading with myself not to do this thing who knows where that comes from and and I it took years to work my way out yeah. of that and it literally required me to go like if I want to avoid that, I need to make the decision now and I need to drive home in a way, in a yeah. circuitous route that takes me far away from that Wendy's. And like, I need to build up this ability to deny myself of that mm-hmm. until it's not something that I'm going to do compulsively. Yeah. A lot of work. Yeah. I remember when 
I would always try and cut out soda. Like that would be my thing. And I, there was times, and I'm not even joking, where I would, because I would, I would cut out soda, but I'd still go to fast food places. And whenever I would order, I would always order a drink, right? And so sometimes I'd order a drink and in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to fill this up with water or something else, right? And then I would fill it up with soda. I would drink half of it. Remember, I'm not supposed to drink soda anymore. And then I would just be like, oh, well, I've already drinking half the soda, you know? And so I I had very similar things that I went through. There's what you were talking about, and I think it's a very important point that I'm glad that you made is, you know, when I am talking about the health at every size and when I'm talking about this stuff, I'm not sitting here trying to attack the person that it's helping. You know? I don't I'm think not, you are. Yeah. I wasn't. I don't think yeah, you yeah, are. No, no, yeah. I, I believe you, but I, I want to make it very clear, yeah. um, you know, for the person that might not be familiar with my content. Like if, if that's helping you, that's great. You know, I'm not here to, you know, poop on your parade or whatever. But the when I when I make videos or when I am talking about this, it's because there are other people that are talking about you know, what I do in saying that I'm harming people or I, you know what I mean? And so if, if health at every size is, it works for you, that's totally fine. I'm not sitting here trying to make you feel like there's something wrong with you, but it's the, it's the people that are going out and not even just attacking me, but attacking other people for trying to lose weight or, and things like that, that, that bothers me. There is also an area of dishonesty when we get into the ideas of health and if we're going to like go like, well, the the medical industry is a little bit full of crap, right? With Because the BMI is not a universal mm-hmm. thing. And most athletes are going to be considered overweight. Literally, unless mm-hmm. you're a gymnast, yeah. you're going to be considered overweight. And then even like the dude gymnasts are overweight. But the chicks, the gals, sorry, chicks, sorry, gals, <laughs> the gals are not. Within that, there is going to be an area where... Your health, if we're going to have concerns at all for health, I'm sorry, but if you can't stand up, your health is suffering. Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah. that's just, you know. Yeah. And that, so that's what, you know, that's why I always talk about. Like People will be like, oh, you're always talking about the extremes, but it's like, that's where I was. Yeah. And so that's wh- where my head is always going to go. You know, so I'm going to be thinking about, you know, the the show that my 600 pound life, the people that literally can't get out of their house or whatever, you know, because I remember having that fear when I was 20 years old. Like, obviously, your past will always influence the choices you make. And I know when I was 20 years old, I was afraid to die. Yeah. Period. Like, I was afraid that I was going to be a person. And it wasn't even I was afraid of it happening. It was I don't know when it's going to happen. It was going to happen. I was going to be the person that is stuck in their house and they're going to need a crane to get me out of my house. Like that's what I was telling myself. And I was not that I was okay with it, but I just kind of accepted it, you know, and knowing that there are people out there that might say, that's fine. I just, I don't like that. Right. I think the, I think where I would like to deliver a dose of health at every size is to the gals who are trying to lose two pounds by going to Whole Foods or Erewhon which I have nothing against Whole Foods. I, I, I like Whole Foods. Um, mostly Erewhon. I have a beef <laughs> with Erewhon because it's like the fancier version mm-hmm. of Whole Foods. It's crazy. Um, and so they're going there and they're drinking, you know, their water captured by glass in the air, never touched or processed, and and eating eggs with the names of the chicken on the box for 20 bucks for half a dozen <sighs> and this. And it's like, go go spend some time with the idea of health at every size and yeah. maybe get okay with the extra pound of fat you're carrying around because it's 
probably not killing you. You know, yeah. that's kind of where my mind goes. And then at the same time, I'm like, if you really want to lose that pound, I hope you do it. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah, absolutely. There's again, there's there's definitely a market for it. And uh, I think that that's one of the biggest things is that it's not it hasn't been made clear. And I think there's a reason for that. Right. Because if you say this isn't for everyone, then you're just going to open yourself up for people being like, well, then it's crap or whatever. Right. So I get why. But that's why I make the videos that I make. And I, I I really try to do my best to not be a complete jerk or anything like that. Again, I try and understand where people are coming from. Um, but I just it's it's a really interesting weight loss right now is a very interesting space. Yeah. Um, and there are so many conflicting things. And, you know, my my message is always like you just like it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to happen, right? Like I, I, there was a saying that I that I heard a long time ago that I, I love is don't let perfect get in the way of good enough. And so, so many people feel like they need to be perfect. And the reality of the matter is, especially if you're trying to lose a lot of weight, like good enough is fine. Sure. You know, and I just want people to know that. Yeah, I love it. I think it's a very good message. This is a great way to transition to loose skin. Mm-hmm. When you first made the decision to lose weight did you have any thoughts about loose skin no me neither yeah zero i didn't i never i never had any idea that that was a thing and so i think for guys who are who got as big as we did that's something that people don't always think about and then it can be a very startling occurrence yeah when you lose the weight you got this extra skin and if you have some image of what you're going to look like and it's so different, you know, it can be really tough. Yeah. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to kind of get your mind around. And for people who have like a hundred plus pounds to lose, it's something that it's got to be taken into consideration. Yeah. Loose skin is, it's like one of those things that again, there are so many different variables as to why you would have loose skin. And some people like, say if you're a, you know, five foot tall person, you might lose 60 pounds and have loose skin. Right. And you say you're a, you know, six, eight person, you lose 50 pounds. You don't even notice it. Right. So again, there are different variables, but for the most part, like what you said, if you're losing a hundred pounds, you're probably going to have some loose skin and there are so many different like amounts that people can deal with. It's just, I've, I've really loved like making the content and making the videos showing my loose skin, not because like more than anything, I think because I want to show people that like you can, like you can have loose skin and still live a pretty normal life. And I think that people are afraid of it. Like when it comes to having fat or being really overweight, you've gotten very used to having that. Right. But when it comes to loose skin, it's this alien thing that people are afraid of, which I, t- I totally understand. And let's be real, right? I have loose skin still. It's freaking weird looking. Like it's not a normal thing. But at the end of the day, it it really isn't that big of a deal, at least for me, right? And so like I love making the videos because it, it lets people know because a lot of people that get loose skin get surgery as almost as soon as they can. Right. Which is fine. Like I don't, I, I have literally zero care for that, but the, the reality, and again, I think this goes back to my past is I know there are a lot of people that cannot afford it and w- will never be able to. And for the most part, probably isn't going to get covered by insurance. So they have no other choice than to live with it. Right. And I want the people that are in that position to understand and see that 
someone like me is confident with my loose skin and I'll show it and I don't, I don't mind it that much. Right. And it, for me, it really doesn't hinder the fact like, you know, last year I ran a marathon right now. I'm training for a triathlon. I do CrossFit. I, I run, I jump, I do all of these things and my loose skin doesn't hinder me in any capacity with those things. You know, I might have to wear a compression shirt or compression shorts um, if I'm doing specific things. But other than that, it's literally not a problem. And I just want people to see that like, just because you have loose skin, that doesn't need that doesn't need to mean that the quality of your life is now going to plummet. Like I really like if it's a simple thing, right? Think about it. Okay, would I rather live my life having the amount of fat that I had or the loose skin that I have now? It's the easiest question I've ever answered, right? Obviously, the loose skin, I'll take it. And I just want people to see that you can live a fulfilled life while still having some loose skin. Yeah. I think it's a very, very valuable. I think just even talking about it is super valuable because it is really something that was never mm-hmm. discussed. I, I don't remember a single instance prior to losing weight of having any awareness of it at all. And then I lost weight and then I had all this skin and I was like, how do I get rid of this? And I tried weird wraps and mineral things and sauna and all kinds of scrubs and lotions and uh, uh, even infrared treatments, all this stuff, nothing, nothing shrunk the skin. The Mm -hmm. skin kind of grows to a size and then hangs out there Mm -hmm. and want and and is like i can stretch i can be bigger i can't really be smaller you know what i mean it's 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 crazy because it does i I do believe it shrinks down a little bit because i was and you were big we were big you know and like so the amount that i have now i'm very lucky that and i i fully i am i am aware there are people that have it much worse than me right like i can wear a tank top a t-shirt shorts and you wouldn't really notice it unless maybe you have an eye for it, which I understand because I have an eye for it as well, right? But if you don't, you probably wouldn't notice it, right? There are people that don't have that option. Like a lot of a lot of women, sadly, carry a lot of weight in their arms. It's just how it is. And so for them, they can't wear a tank top because they just they just have you know too much there. But for me, it really doesn't doesn't hinder me there. But when you brought that up, that's another thing that I get really bothered with is the people that will make claims that if you eat a diet this way or like a, a big Big part of what a lot of people will uh, say keto will help with loose skin, right? If it's a lot of it's like fasting and then adding keto to that. And maybe it helps a tiny bit. And then just like with all those other things, like the dry needling and the brushing and the lotions and all this stuff, like maybe if you had like 3% of the loose skin I have, maybe it might help a little bit. But it's like, just think about if I were... <laughs> It's like if I tried to rub loose skin on or loose skin, if I tried to rub lotion on my stomach and my chest, like to think that it's going to shrink my loose skin, it's just like okay, obviously that's not going to work. I mean, it's like it's to some degree, it's not really thinking about what skin is and its function. And if we just go down the road of like, what is skin? Skin's an organ. Mm-hmm. It kind of holds everything in place. And as we gain weight, skin stretches. And it, if held at that point, will grow to that size so that it can stretch further. Mm -hmm. But like much like with a bone, it's once it's a size, you know, and I think it can be more taut and looser and like this can be affected. But like in, in the terms that we're talking about, when it's something that's been stretched to tautness for years Mm -hmm. and years and years to the point where it goes, well, 
if I stretch anymore, I'm going to tear. So I need to grow to this size and it grows to this size so that it can stretch more because your body just wants to get more and more stored energy. Nothing you do is going to make huge pieces of it disappear. Mm-hmm. So if it if you want to get it firmer or whatever, that is on a very small per- percentage of what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you have multiple feet of excess skin, the mitigation is going to be very, very small on just getting it to be taught mm-hmm. to any degree. So I think there's any of those claims – it's a weird thing. I, I I read about a guy who it was something like keto or maybe carnivore that he did and apparently had no loose skin at the end and lost 100 pounds. I would just say like he probably didn't carry that 100 pounds for 20 yeah, years that's, or, or whatever That's a good point that people don't think of. And I think that a lot of people – and I so I did like a, a live video on my uh, channel and someone asked. They were like – Oh, something about loose skin. And they're like, you probably have loose skin because you lost your weight too fast. And I'm like, okay, maybe that might have been a part of it, right? Which I don't even think it's really that big of a deal. I think people don't realize that. I think a big part of it is, one, how fast you gained your weight, right? So, like, for me, it was over a very long period of time. So, I didn't gain it very fast, but I had it for a very long time. So, my skin was stretched out for a very long time. And so, if, if like, there are some people that I've seen those claims, too. It's like, oh, I lost 100 pounds and I don't have any loose skin. But say, uh, you know, they were skinny their whole life and then they hit 30 years old or something. And then they, they gained a bunch of weight because something happened. And they're like, oh, I need to lose weight. So, then they lost it and now they don't have any loose skin. Uh, that is something that I've heard a lot. And I, 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 those stories, I'm always just very weary of because I feel like there's almost always something attached to it, right? It's like, oh, he did this thing. If you buy this book, you'll learn how to do it. Or if you buy this thing, you'll, you'll learn how to do it. And I, I know that the, the reality that I try and give people isn't popular because I'm just saying like, yo, you're going to have loose skin and it's not that big of a deal, but it's going to be there. People don't want to hear that. Yeah. You know, people want to hear, and I understand because, I, of course, I would love for it to just disappear, right? If I could snap my fingers. I was on a podcast yesterday and they asked that question. And I was like, it would be stupid of me and I would be disingenuous to say, no, 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 no. I love my loose skin and I love that it's here. No, it's annoying, right? Like, I, but at the same time, I know that what I would need to do to get rid of it is surgery. And that surgery, you've been through it, it's no joke. And if I wanted to do it, everything that, you know, get rid of all my loose skin, it would be maybe three surgeries, you know, at least two. So do I want to go through that at least twice? No, (laughs) you know, like that's, it's just that. And then on top of that, it's expensive. It wouldn't be free. Right. And so it's like, do I want to pay for all of this pain (laughs) basically? And again, I understand that the result I would probably be happy with, but at the same time, I have many friends that they got the surgery and they're not even that happy with the results, right? Like the scarring and just the way that like their nipples are are not symmetrical now and all these little weird things, you know, they're happy with it. But like for me, I'm like, I can look at that and think, do I, is that worth the money and the pain? And for me, it's not. But if I could snap my fingers then yeah of course yeah and have like skin that was perfectly taut yeah. over every part i of look my body, like of jason momoa <laughs> yeah and i have still a ton of loose skin yeah so it's not like a there's no fix all i wouldn't change anything i if it, if it was like a go back to how you were or be now there's no i mean it's a total no-brainer mm-hmm. that i'm much happier now um 
but that's something that isn't often taken into consideration and I think is a surprise to people. When so we cuz I know we kind of talked a little bit about the surgery that you had, but like do you remember exactly what it was and like where they they took the skin off of you? All around my midsection. Okay. And my back. So what was it a 360 lift? Was it called that yet? Probably wasn't even I called that yet. I don't think I don't think it had a name. It was mm-hmm. not a super root it wasn't done very often. Yeah, because I, I have a I have a friend of mine who got the 360, and he was like, it was the most pain I've ever been in my entire. Like he had oh, drains hooked up to him for months. It's awful. He, his his recovery kind of got a little janky, um, but I I mean I remember hearing his story, and I was just like, man, that's no joke, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's and so rough. yeah, that's that's and that's the thing is I think that people when they ask the because I get the question almost every day, especially when like in quarantine when I was working at home and I didn't have a shirt on yeah. and every post was me with my shirt off, people would always ask. And it's funny because like the people that follow me would almost get mad for me because they're like, well, he's answered this question a million times, but it's, of course there's new people every day. And like, I think people, when they think loose skin surgery, they think you go get cut and then, you know, it's a little bit of recovery and then you're fine. That's just not how it is. You know, it's a very, very serious surgery. And the recovery time is very long and again it's it's expensive so there's just like there's all these like if if you know make a pro and con list the the cons are just still outweighing the pros for me again when i did this it was a long time ago and i had no real nutritional understanding or nothing even close to what i have now and so if i was going to do it today i think i would enter into it completely differently but like it's also, you know, four to six months of no exercise. Yeah, it's crazy. And so you're sitting around, you gain weight. Mm-hmm. It's it's like yeah, the, the whole thing is. There's a lot of people that gain weight after the surgery too. Yeah, and you're you're sitting there and literally sitting. You're not moving around very much at all. And if you do, you can tear sutures. And yeah. it's like, um, it's a lot to think about. It's a real, real serious surgery. Now, if you got to do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I'm not trying to talk people out of doing it. I'm just saying that if, if you haven't thought through all of this stuff, Mm -hmm. there could be some surprises. Loose skin could be a big surprise. And then if you're like, well, I'm just going to go do the surgery. There's a lot to think about there Mm -hmm. too, you know? So I think it's important to talk about. And I think it's important to have you who's like normalizing it, mm-hmm. you, you know, and and that's really important. I didn't have anybody like you. I just was like, I did this wrong. I'm a freak, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and now here's where I am. Like, this is a disaster. Well, I think, the, yeah, the conversations are important. So I got even just this conversation or I remember I was listening to, I think it was, it was either you were on Kevin Smith's podcast or he was on yours. You guys, I know you guys did them like right after each other, but you guys were kind of talking about it. And obviously he's a really funny guy, but he was talking about, you know, his loose skin and stuff like that. And it's so many people, I think just hearing about it, can be a huge thing. Like literally just being aware that it's a thing because I think it's one of those things that when when you hear about it and then you think about it, it's like, oh, uh, duh, right? Of course. Right. But if you don't know about it, yeah, you, you don't see th- it. you don't think about it, right? Especially, yeah, because it's it's this huge point of shame for so many people, right? People don't want to share it because they feel like I am a freak, right? If, if, I know it sounds kind of 
aggressive, but like no, that's, that's what, how I felt. Yeah, totally. that's that's how you feel. And so then you don't bring it up and you feel like there's something wrong with you. And like, it's even maybe even hard to show like literally like your significant other that like, you know, cause like I get that question too. Like, oh, how do you, you know, with your significant other? And, you know, for me, I've, it's become part of who I am now that most people, if I'm talking to them, they probably know I have, you know, loose skin. It's actually nice because, um, my, my girlfriend now, she's actually, she's like the biggest fan of your podcast in the world. Oh, really? She's also lost 130 pounds. Awesome. And so she, she'll always be like, have you listened to the new American glutton podcast? And I'm like, not yet. Okay. <laughs> but she like totally understands like the whole loose skin thing. So it's not even an issue, but for me, you know, for, you know, maybe there's a guy out there listening that has loose skin that's super freaked out about it. Like the, the biggest tip I could give you, you know, if you're single and like, you're worried about telling someone, I would say like, tell them sooner rather than later because the longer that you wait i'm telling you the more of like a secret it's gonna feel like to you and so i've always just kind of been like yo so you know i've lost a lot of weight so with that comes loose skin do you want to see what it looks like you know what i mean and i'll show them a picture if they really want to see normally like i know it's fine you know yeah but it's like but before you have that conversation people you're you get freaked out like you you, it becomes it's like with anything right anything that you have shame with the longer you don't tell someone the bigger of a deal like it becomes this huge mountain in your head and then you might tell the person it's literally like a tiniest molehill to them like i don't whatever who cares i I think it's really important what you're doing and us talking about mm -hmm. it is important and uh because i think if if Prior to weight loss, if you had a real sincere conversation with somebody who was really, really ready to lose weight or really wanted to lose weight and you said, look, here's what's going to happen. I think you could going into it going, "Okay, that's a part of this is a better place to be than just going, I'm going to do this thing. And then arriving at the end and going like, what the hell is this? Because it's really not talked about. Now, look. I think the amount of people that lose weight to the to like in the extreme like we have isn't millions and millions of people. Yeah. But for the people that are, yeah, it's something to think about. It's yeah. something to consider beforehand because it's going to make arriving there a gentler landing, I think. I've heard people uh, say things like, oh, it, you know, you talking about this might uh, deter someone from wanting to lose weight. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree as well. So like what I was going to say there is like if <laughs> if someone says that that's a reason why they have decided not to lose weight, they weren't going to lose weight. Right. You know, I really believe that if you're going to let this deter you, like you had already decided I don't actually want to lose weight. Yeah. You know, and so I think that talking about it is important, the good, the bad, because I always make sure I say like the good outweighs the bad. So like, it's not even close. Yeah. I I, I completely disagree with the idea that it's going to actually stop somebody. I do think not knowing about it and losing weight and arriving with at the end with a bunch of loose skin could be a factor in weight gain. Oh no, it is. I, I mean, I don't like to speak in absolutes, but there are many people I've talked to that have said that, exact thing i didn't realize i was gonna have loose skin and then they're very distraught over the fact that they have it and especially if maybe they haven't heard someone talk about it they think maybe i did something wrong and then it might not even be like they in their head decided i need to gain weight but they get sad right they now are no longer motivated and then that kind of happens and then i think i've noticed a lot of people kind of justify like well i had loose skin anyways and i wasn't really happy at my lowest weight so whatever right 
And so I, I completely agree with that 100%. Yeah. I think it's important with, with the amount of weight loss that mm-hmm. we're talking about. Uh, if you're if you're losing 10 20 pounds this, you this won't even doesn't know. apply yeah. to you yeah you know yeah and i i i spend a lot of time kind of thinking about it and i you know i wonder what the you know where that line is like you lose this much weight you'll you'll have some loose skin and you'll lose this much weight and you won't and obviously i understand everyone's different so the line is going to be different for people but it, it is an interesting thing and who knows maybe there is a way that you could lose weight and not have any loose skin but yeah. i don't think that's been found yet and i i think that people that are promoting a way to do that I, if you're someone that's listening to someone that's saying that i would just say be be careful you know and 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 at least think to yourself, there's still a chance that I can have loose skin. Because if you're following someone and you end up getting the loose skin, just, I I would say, don't be too surprised. Right. You know? Yeah. Don't be too surprised and, you know, try to go into it with an open mind. Mm -hmm. You know? It's just, it's just part of their body. Yeah, man. It's just skin. Like, it really is just skin. And I, I understand that, you know, I'm not I'm not saying you need to be who I am and posting pictures of it all the time and going to the beach with your shirt off and stuff like that. Like I get that not everyone is gonna get there. But as long as you aren't living in shame, I think that's more the most important thing. Is if you understand this is a normal thing, I have loose skin. I'm not trying to show it to everyone, but you know, with my significant other, if we're gonna be in the bed together, I don't have to feel like I have to wear a shirt or it has to be dark or whatever. And I can be a normal person in that sense. Again, I, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll still wear a tank top at the beach, but I, I don't feel like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I just understand. I don't want people looking at my skin, so I'm just going to wear, you know, a tank top or whatever that is. Yeah. I, I, I respect what you do with that so much. I think it's so helpful to so many people because, I, I mean, look, in fairness, I don't think – 20 years ago, there were as many obese people as there are now. It's true. Now there are. Now there's more people than ever who want to lose weight. With this kind of uh, after effect of, of extreme weight loss, it's not talked about enough mm-hmm. and or really much at all, to be honest with yeah. you. And it's a big, it's a big factor. Um, and I think it can be a deterrent if – you don't know going in that it's a thing. So I think it is something to think about. I personally would never trade anything. You know, I have bad knees, uh, I, I, my feet. I'm sure I did a lot of damage to them, but I'm not in pain like I was. Like I'm so much happier and more comfortable now. I still have a ton of loose skin mm. and seeing you go out there and take your shirt off, I'm like, God, where was that guy when I mm-hmm. was going through this? Because I really did feel alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I think many people will. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a good thing to think about. Yeah. I uh, I mean, that's kind of, that's how I felt. You know, I felt alone as well. And I, the on, literally the only reason I made, you know, the, the, the way that I gained a popularity or whatever you want to call it was through a video where I showed my loose skin. That was like the first viral video I'd ever had. And I did it literally just because people were asking. Like I was just getting a lot of comments on Instagram. So I was like, I'll just make a video showing it. And I think like that going viral, that was like a big turning point in my life for many reasons. But me realizing that speaking about vulnerabilities 
will help more people than not. Yeah. You know? And um, it wasn't even like, oh, if I speak about loose skin, I can make more money or become more popular. It was like, oh, there's there's obviously a lot of people that are worried about this or even that didn't know that I'm teaching, you know? And that was just a really cool thing for yeah. me. Yeah, it's really awesome. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. John, thank you so much for coming in here yeah, today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. And now we will answer some emails that we received at AmericanGlutton.net. Hugo writes, seeing as you've been dieting for over 18 years and through all the ups and downs, any tips on how to get back on track after a huge setback? Yes, Hugo. And I will say that I actually think of this in, 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 in relative terms to doing anything that takes a long period of time. And once you arrive at the destination and you can look back and go like, wow, that, that was so easy. That didn't take much time at all. The second time going on uh, that journey can be quite a bit more grating. And, and in the middle of it, it can seem like much harder, much longer. And I think this is because we have previously achieved the reaching the goal or the destination, as it were. And so it, it is definitely harder to do a second, third, fourth time. And this is kind of the trouble with yo-yo dieting is every time you do it, it becomes harder. And it, and it actually does become literally physiologically harder for your body. Your body will try to become uh, more efficient at holding on to excess fat. And so you're fighting against that too. So obviously the best thing to do is to just do it once uh, or, or, you know, the, the best thing to do is not have to do it. Right. And then if we have to, if we have to do something like this, then to do it once. And I unfortunately had to do it a few times, more than a few times. 
And it does get harder and harder and harder. I would say that to be aware of that, because if you're surprised by it, that could complicate things. So be aware that um, that it might seem harder on, on your second or third trip down this road. And then just practice everything you practiced on the first ones, which is, you know, determination and diligence and um, getting yourself through the moments where it seems impossible. They're not impossible. And and you can, I, be, I believe, literally talk. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glow. That was helpful. You have I'm Ethan Suplee, and like as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram, at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.